Well, hello and welcome to the Vote Her podcast, because when you vote, great things can happen. Hi, I'm Mara Davis, media maven, dog lover, smart women lover, well, smart people lover, and holder of a lot of secrets today. I am Jen Jordan, and I just got back from my kids' family college weekend, which I never even knew existed or was a thing, um, from Boston. And it was absolutely gorgeous. So I'm like half 100% happy because I saw my baby boy and then 100% sad because I miss him so much. It's hard. I'm a terrible parent. I'm Terry Anulowitz. I am House District uh, 42 in the Georgia, Georgia General Assembly. And I did not attend my child's parents weekend this weekend because of how I'm a bad mom. Instead, because I'm a great wife, we were up in Williamsburg, Virginia for old man Anulowitz's 30th college reunion. 30th college. Ooh, 30th 30 college. Old. I know he's so old. Dirty so old. 30. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I, I know sometimes these reunions, they get a little less sexy as we get older. Uh, so, well, Terry, we've got to start with you because over the weekend, the Cobb County School District sent out this email um, to, and to all parents slamming leftist political activists and this caught a lot of fire like f i y a h fire fire well not flamer to be clear didn't catch flamer we've banned that in cobb county but it did <laughs> get get some fire got some heat i spent the entire flight from richmond back to atlanta um doing a series of tweets so i did i actually had first seen this email Earlier last week, I got a call from a reporter and they were like, hey, can you help me decode this weird email I just got from Cobb County? I was like, sure, I'll be your Cobb translator. And so I get on the phone and I'm looking at this email. I'm like, what the hell is I was like, this is weird. Explain what the email said. So, yeah. So so it is an email that ultimately went on Friday to every single family and I assume stakeholder in Cobb County schools. And by stakeholder, I mean parents staff members, teachers, you know, all the employees, like basically anybody who has some kind of a link to the Cobb County School District got this email. And this is the email system that is typically used to share information like snow days or milestones testing, or, you know, we're trying to hire bus drivers, like really basic run of the mill. It's your communications channel. And it's important to have a communications channel with parents if you are the public school district, right? So they used that taxpayer-funded snow day bus driver communications channel to send out this totally bonkers email about leftist political activists and a lawsuit. Like, this is the kind of niche content that I think probably 98 to 99,000 of the 100,000 families in Cobb County probably have never really spent a whole lot of time thinking about. And all of a sudden, it's in their inbox, but it's not just in their inbox. It's in their inbox. Like, it came from Fox News, right? It's like it reads, I'll read just a little bit of it because it's just so bizarre. It's just, I think, like, it's so weird. It's like in spring 2002, leftist political activists were unable to prevent the Georgia General Assembly and governor from exercising their lawful authority 
blah, 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 blah. It goes on about, you know, false allegations of racial discriminations and the board of elections. They appointed a new Democratic member and Stacey Abrams is like they're just throwing out catchphrases that I guess they thought would motivate and mobilize all of these Cobb families and stakeholders to be like, oh, my God, what happened? And that's not what happened. What happened was I started getting texts. A lot of board members started getting texts. All these reporters were like, what the fuck was that? Like, this is weird. And why did they send this? What was their motivation? Um, And it is, and I'm going to defer to Jen for the more legal aspects of this because I'm not a lawyer and I consulted my in-house counsel and he was like, yeah, this seems pretty weird. Um, But so, yeah, so they sent this email. They sent it on a taxpayer funded platform. It's very, very partisan. It's very niche. And I haven't really been able to get an explanation yet from anyone at central office. I've reached out to them to be like, why? Like, why was this sent? Yeah, why like, did what, do what this? prompted why? it? Right, so, right. What, why? It's because it's weird. So I'm not completely sure, but because now that I'm not an elected official and I can just say whatever and hypothesize, um, my guess is that they are probably anticipating a negative ruling with respect to the um, the school board district line maps. And so let's walk that back because they were trying to conflate two different things. They, they talk about the, you know, appointing this Cobb election board member and somehow that's crazy. Well, that is actually the role of the General Assembly. And for those of you who are not aware, um, in Cobb County, how the election board is chosen is actually governed by local legislation that is passed by members of the Cobb legislative delegation, um, which includes Terry um, and used to include me and at the time included me. And basically what that legislation says is that the Republicans pick a couple of members, the Democrats pick a couple. And when I say Republicans and Democrats, I mean the actual party structure, right? Right. So not just, oh, this is a Democrat. We love her or whatever it is. It's like an actual party structure thing, Republicans, Democrats. And then the chair is chosen um, ostensibly by the, the county commission. The county commission has to um, to pick the chair and then you kind of go about your business. This is the way it's been in Cobb for a really long time. No one has ever made any hay around it. Personally, I don't necessarily know if it's constitutional, but that's for another day. Um, but let's talk about the, the school board lines, right? And so when they talk about the General Assembly and what we're supposed to do with respect to redistricting, it is actually the Cobb legislative delegation who is supposed to draw the lines and who is supposed to get um, input from the public. And what was interesting is we did that. And Eric Allen actually was the chair of the delegation at the time, wanted input from everyone, tried to get input actually from the, the school board members themselves. Right. And when I say that, I mean the, the the chair of the school board and then the two dudes who fall asleep all the time um, that are really, really aged, not you know, that I want to go after them because of their age, but because they can't seem to stay asleep during a school board meeting. Awake, Um, awake. Awake, awake. They're asleep. So what they did is... Not woke. 
no no the that is mara thank you that is actually a good point they are never woke that's part of the problem yes um and so they behind closed doors and with the help of um uh, Ed Setzler, who was a state rep at the time and who did not hold any kind of leadership position within the Cobb delegation, went behind closed doors, did their own lines and did what they wanted to do. Um, basically drew out the only um, sitting African-American woman out of her district. Um, now, she didn't run again, but still, I mean, they were clearly uh, acting in a way, you know, intentionally and probably not with the best angels right um and then refused to even participate with the elected members of cobb county except for ed setzler and jenny who, earhart yeah it's important oh 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 representative earhart no that that's is, that that's that well, so true jenny oh, yeah. earhart of i hate transgender people fame well um is that am I? Yeah, no, you are not wrong, and it's also okay. Jenny Earhart, whose husband, former state representative Earl Earhart, is a managing director for Freeman Mathis Gary, <gasps> a law firm who wrote this letter. Oh, how about that? Oh no, so that okay. So a little bit of backstory. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. And this, wow. is, this is just this is more just an anecdote that puts the actions that have led to, you know, that culminated in this bananas letter being sent, right? So like several years ago, the General Assembly had legislation that was going to basically let part of the city of Stockbridge de-annex and become the city of Eagles Landing, right? Like it was a whole thing. It was a mess. It was yucky. And I my first in your first session, yes. and it was yes. the absolute worst fight, except oh. for abortion, that yes. I had yeah. on the on the floor of the Georgia State Senate. Oh, yeah, local, lo- yeah, local niche things are just like kind of like how truck weights was this year, right? Truck like, weights. Those are the things that are going to like bring the General Assembly to their knees and have people like truck weights. ready truck to weights. throw. Yeah, and so this was, you know, this and it was unprecedented. Anyway. The city of Stockbridge, as they were wise to do, lawyered up, right? Because they knew that this was probably going to pass and they knew they'd have to fight it legally. Well, one of the lawyers they hired is the person to whom I am married. And so because I knew that the person to whom I am married, who like pays our mortgage, was going to be getting paid by the city of Stockbridge because of this litigation that was the result of action by the General Assembly, I totally removed myself from all of the conversations, from the debate. Like when I say I removed myself, I physically left the house chamber when this was being debated because I felt that it was just not appropriate for me knowing that- You had a conflict. It was not the right thing to do. Right, and I was not legally required to do that. I was not legally required to recuse myself. I was not legally required to not vote on this issue, but I did because I believe that that is the right thing to do. That is the appropriate thing to do. Anytime you can remove the question of a conflict of interest from the equation, my default is to remove that question, like totally take it away. There are a lot of merits to the discussion. There are a lot of merits to the debate, like there were on the city of Stockbridge, Eagles Landing. There are a lot of things that actually merit discussion on these school board maps and on the county commission maps. And for that reason, if my husband, I knew his law firm, to be clear, he's not a lawyer. Not all of us are. That's totally fine. But if my husband were going to be part of an entity that was going to financially benefit from the, this potential litigation, I would have removed myself 
from the equation. But Jenny Earhart is very different from me. And instead of removing herself, she like plunged into the middle of it. Plunged into the middle of it. She actually was the one who was pushing it right. on the house side. Right. Her and Setzler, right? So basically yeah. they circumvented the process, the legal process, the normal process, the process that had been have detailed, always yeah. done it. Right. Go ahead and, and basically said, yeah. yeah, I mean, I remember Ed Setzler being quoted in the MDJ and other places, basically giving everybody the finger saying, what are you going to do about it? Republicans control the House and the Senate. And I don't care if Democrats legislatively um, have gotten more votes from Cobb County and have more elected officials. It, it's, it, it's no bother to me. And so they basically, Setzler and Earhart were the minions on the ground, basically doing what they were directed to do. My guess is for different reasons. But what's interesting, I did want to ask you this, Terry, when I was driving in, and this is such minutia for y'all out there who aren't in Cobb County. And y'all are like, what are these women talking about? It is... It, this just shows you why the process can be broken, right? Like, because when people don't want to follow the rules, they just don't follow the rules, but then they want to impose the rules when it hurts their enemies, right? Like, that's right. That's one of the biggest thing about authoritarian governments. It's like there are laws and they won't, you know, they won't actually enforce them for their buddies. Um, but you know, when it comes to their enemies, they will. And I can't remember who said it, but it was like, um, for my friends, everything. Um, for my enemies, you know, uh, the law, right? It's like, and that's what we're seeing here. It's like, you know, you you want to you want to push it and say there are rules and there's law and we got to stick by that, you know, when it helps you and when it doesn't, you just kind of go along your merry way. But my question is, in terms of money, too, is, it's my understanding that initially the Cobb School Board was represented by um, Taylor English. Is that not true? That, no, that is true. But you didn't know they spend that over $300,000 with Taylor English in this yeah. little dust up in terms of getting their own maps drawn? $300,000 yes. of taxpayer money that they did not have to spend at no, all? That they did not have to spend. We have a perfectly good apportionment office that's really good at drawing maps. But you will probably recall that. Representative Earhart's husband had previously been with Taylor English. <gasps> oh, dun, dun, dun. so originally, so I'm thinking this morning to myself, I'm like, so why did they leave Taylor English? I'm literally asking myself this morning because I'm like, did I don't understand. Like they had Taylor English, they paid all this money. Why do you leave the law firm that has all the kind of the data, the people, you know, who's done all this work. Why do you switch to another Cobb County law firm who, by the way, not that Taylor English is known for redistricting or anything. Taylor English is really, I mean, uh, Freeman Mathis is really known as an insurance defense firm. Like they're the guys that your insurance company hires to defend you, um, you know, in, in, and also say, no, we're not going to pay the claims for other people. So I th thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's they're, about following a little bit of the money trail. Yes. Earlier people. this year, the entire government relations shop from Taylor English moved over to Freeman Mathis. Fascinating, Terry. Yes. Fascinating. Yeah, the more you know. So it's, the more re you it's know. really interesting because it's, I think this is part of a bigger picture of where people 
activists like this are really infiltrating school boards. Um, and I'm reading about it and listening to it. Like there's a great new podcast called Grapevine. The same people that did South Lake, you know, when it was all about CRT and this Texas district on how it was, you know, it, it just daring to put uh, DEI, diversity and inclusion, equity and inclusion in and people, you know, get hysterical. Now we're on all the trans and LBGTQ plus things. And Cobb County has kind of been right in the bullseye of all of that with the one teacher who was fired because of the one book. And it seems like this is the domino and this is, you know, Grapevine is all about a trans student and a teacher. But I'm feeling as an outsider, you guys are getting in with the X's and O's and like where the bodies are buried and like little things here and there. But I feel like this is like an uprising Sadly, of some of this Christian nationalism stuff, the Moms for Liberty, the this is when you and the way they're doing it is getting in the school boards. Well, and look, it's happening in the Marietta City Schools. There's a that's big right. issue right now with respect to book banning, because what happened is exactly what you are talking about. The Marietta City Schools uh, Board of Education was basically taken over, right? But that's fine, right? It's democracy. It is what it is. But they people purposefully ran to push a certain agenda. And one of those agendas just happens to be dealing with book bans. And I'll tell y'all, Grant Rivera is one of the best superintendents I have ever seen. That guy cares about those kids. He cares about the community. And he is finding himself in the middle of this and it, it really makes me sick because Cobb County, remember when people moved to Cobb County specifically for the schools, for the schools and the education right. system? Well, yeah, they, and, and they still do. And what I've always told folks, and again, I'm a, I've got, you know, a graduate of Cobb County schools and I've got a, a child there now. Cobb schools are really strong despite the board. The Board of Education has very little say in the daily goings on in the classrooms, right? Like most, until this book banning thing. So before it was happening in Marietta, it was happening in Cobb. And if you want to look at the national climate, the entire reason why the the books, Flamer and Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, why there was that, that, again, going back to weird emails sent to parents, right? There was a whole email sent about like, basically saying there was like pornography found in libraries. And I was like, but did they find like 50 shades of gray? Like, what are they talking about? And I was like, oh, it's a graphic novel, whatever. So, but that was not homegrown. That's the thing. So that original challenge when the school, the last time they sent a super weird email out, it wasn't because any parent in Cobb County said, hey, I'm a little concerned about this book my high schooler brought home. It's because the social media platform, Libs of TikTok, basically blackmailed the district into not just removing the books, but to sending that weird email out. Because my understanding, and this was reported in various media outlets here in Cobb County, was that if they didn't do it, if they didn't send an email saying that they removed the pornography, that Libs of TikTok was going to keep going after them. Now, my response to that is, why are you negotiating with terrorists, right? I mean, why are you negotiating with online random people who are nowhere near Georgia, right? That accounts from New York, I think. Why are you... Well, they're domestic terror. They've been like sort of t- flagged. Yeah, um, you know, they've been flagged. I'm not being hyperbolic by no, saying and moms they're for negotiating liber- with terrorists. And yeah. moms, for li- moms for Liberty has been flagged as domestic terrorism group. But I want to get back to this yeah. original 
outreach of the the email that went out to all the parents. It seems like a lot of and look, we were joking before we started taking how like the the email that was sent out had a lot of the buzzwords Stacey Abrams and like all the like woke and all the the buzzwords that that seem to be catch wildfire on social media and are like people who are so afraid of so-called woke culture what's it's it does seem it got in the jolt and congratulations terry you're a big part of, in the ajc and the political news for your twitter or x tirade um and and I, I and i wouldn't call it a tirade actually it was just sort of like speaking real truths and breaking it down but what what are the next steps now i mean as far as like how how what, what's next well i mean i'm personally hoping to get a better ex i mean as a Cobb County taxpayer and as a Cobb public schools parent, I'm hoping to get a better explanation as to like what is the origin story of to why anyone at the district thought it was a really good idea to send this email out. Because the hyperbolic language that is in this email is something that I think is much better suited to a campaign email. You know, like if you are one of the drowsy board members drowsy. that we were talking about earlier, <laughs> if you're one of one of one of the narcoleptic Republicans. Maybe, dude, it's like they've been roofied, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You know, maybe what you do is you take the Freeman Mathis language and you drop that in your own campaign email because, you know, they are having their campaign. So you drop that in your email and you run with that, right? Like that's, I mean, I tend to not skew towards the hyperbolic. I think, frankly, it's lazy. But if they want to have that kind of language, those kind of scare tactics, you know, like, you know, you do you, Mr. Mr. Sleepy Man. And if you're going to do that, that's fine. But don't don't use the snow day email platform, right? Like that to me is what is so strange. And I'm certain there will be open records requests filed. I'm certain you know, all that's that going to happen. Respond to, they, which is par for the course for them. Yes, that is also true. Uh, but it is. I, I mean, that's my question, right? It's, and and what's so interesting too is like I start as soon as this email went out on Friday, and I was already out of town. And I was in vacation mode, but I start getting texts from from parents and people who are like, "What the hell is this?" And what is so striking is that the parents who I heard from are not the usual suspects. And by that, I mean, they're not normally the parents who are tracking the board closely. They're not the parents who are usually up in arms about anything and everything that happens on the board. They're not paying that close attention to the board. I was hearing from just the normal workaday parents who were like, why did I get this email? Why is this so weird? What are they talking about? Why? Like, it was was just like, everybody is just so perplexed. And I think honestly, and I talked about this in my tweets, right? Like it's really, so it could be one of two things, right? It's an unforced error on the part of a bunch of Republican lackeys who are in such an echo chamber that they honestly didn't realize how weird this was. Or, and I think this is probably the reality, that this is a bunch of folks who listened to their darker angels and they were like, we've got this platform. We can send it. We can use it. We can use it. No, yeah, it it reminded, I, I compared it to in 2014 when Apple and Bono were like, Screw you guys. Here's the U2 album. And we all woke up and we had a U2 album. We're like, stuck with it. Why? Why do we have this? Yeah. And, and that's kind of what happened here. Like, you know, Chris Ragsdale and whomever else was like, haha, we have this platform. We're going to send out this email to everybody and they're going to know about Stacey Abrams and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, dudes, why? It just doesn't, it's just so baffling. It's disappointing that they would listen to their darker angels like that. It is disappointing that they would totally disregard the fact that 
if you're looking at the data, more than half of the families and faculty and staff, like in Cobb County, Cobb is a majority Democratic county. So they ignored the fact that more than half of the people who are going to be reading this email would probably be a little put off and maybe a little bit insulted. They ignored that. They, and, and I think that ultimately, right, the motivator, just like it always is for so many of these Republicans who are so concerned about losing their power, the motivator is fear. Fear is a very powerful motivator. They know that the only reason they have a Republican majority board of education in a majority Democratic county is because they drew these maps in such a way to protect their majority. Jerry that's it. Gerrymandered maps. Yeah. They're that's protecting it. their power. And I, I just, and let me just say this I think that most parents, look, I know we talk about politics a lot. This is the voter podcast. We like it. I can tell you most people don't. Most people are just trying to get through their, their day and they don't like this, right? When it comes no. to the governance in terms of the school system, they they don't, they want their children just to be able to learn and thrive and figure it out like on their own. I mean, I don't want, that's just it. Nobody wants it on either side, propaganda or whatever they call it. But it's one of those things where you, you let, you expose children to ideas and, and let them kind of become their own people. I mean, and, and sometimes, look, maybe our children disagree with us. That's okay, right? That's, that's the whole point. So, I mean, that was Alex P. Keaton, for God's sake. Right, so I wonder... And just to just to to wrap this conversation up and we'll absolutely come back to it on a future episode. um, I wonder if this is really going to be a backlash where people who weren't paying attention so much because this is how they do it. They get in the school boards because people aren't paying attention. So it's like an easy target. So it's like they can kind of make these rules while 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 parents aren't paying attention. Now, suddenly they've put it on everybody's radar. So it could have the reverse effect I wonder if suddenly or people, oh, yeah. people are like who are what is this what is this crazy you know language arriving in my email box on a Friday afternoon when I just want to have my Chardonnay and sit on the porch and wake up to my pumpkin spice latte on a beautiful fall weekend so yeah so okay all right so the next thing is we have to discuss is last week plea deals were given to Sidney Powell and Kenneth Chesbro, Cheesebro, Cheesebro. Okay, in the whole uh, DA, Fulton County DA sweeping RICO case, they both pleaded guilty and I feel uh, got some sweetheart deals. But Jen feels, yes, but also there could be some tasty nuggets coming our way can you tasty tasty nuggets please explain yeah. well I, I think it's important to understand that you've you've got two lawyers right and their big defense was look we we're just acting as attorneys for Donald Trump um and just giving him advice so you know we can't be implicated in this. Um, the judge ruled otherwise and said that that the materials that he had seen would indicate that they um, 
the attorney-client privilege didn't attach because of something called the crime fraud exception, which basically says if you are conspiring with your attorney to commit a crime, you can't hide under the attorney-client privilege um, to keep you know, law enforcement um, from seeing that or from being used against you in just a very simplistic way. Now, Cheeseboro and Powell were two different folks uh, dealing with two different points of the conspiracy. So they really weren't kind of uh, together in it, right? And my guess is maybe they never even spoke to each other. I'm not sure. But that's the point of a conspiracy in RICO. You don't have to. Um, but I think the thing that pushed Powell and Charles Bethay actually um, has come out with a great article in The New Yorker because um, the GBI's report on Coffee County um, got into his hands. And basically, it made clear that Powell was up to it in her neck. At, at a minimum, she stroked the check to pay for uh, the computer guys to go down to Coffee County um, and still the information, which is what it was. It was unauthorized access. And from what I can glean, a lot of folks said, well, Coffee County told them they could, right? Well, no, no. It was that they sent an Open Records Act request. And then the um, the woman, what's her name, Terry? Kathy. Uh, oh, oh, the other indicted lady. Latham, Latham, Latham. The other Coffee Latham County lady. Person was basically like, oh, well, you sent this request, so come on down then, right? It's like, <laughs> give me a friggin' break. Who, who, like, who cooked that up, right? So basically, after that report in the emails and the communications that the GBI had um, were released to the prosecutor and to um, Powell's legal team, which neither had um, prior to even indictment, I think that was basically like, all right, you know, we got you dead to right. So you, you need to come with something, right? And so she has she's promised to testify, right? And write a very nice letter to the people of the state of Georgia, which I cannot uh, wait to read. <laughs> Dear people of the state of Georgia, I'm well, so, this, so sorry. And he has See, to write one too, right? He does yeah. too. But, but yeah, uh, yeah, the bail bondsman. About and him. They're all writing letters. Yeah, they're all writing letters. And that's sweet of them. Um, yeah, I wonder who came up with that little tasting nugget as part of the plea deal. <laughs> um, they talk about being like the last embarrassing, the last lash. It's like, now you need to write your apology note to the teacher. That's what, um, it, it, that's that's what, it, what it feels that's like. That's what it feels you know? like. Uh, I, I want to point out that I just saw our friend Anthony Michael Christ say, uh, I remain skeptical that Powell is a huge threat to Trump now, perhaps more so in the special counsel case than in Georgia. I think more than anything else, she spells trouble for Rudy Giuliani and Jeff Clark in Georgia as she connects various spokes of the conspiracy wheel. And that's just it, because it's not necessarily Trump. If they do it with, you know, they her and then Giuliani, right? Well, then we know there are direct from Giuliani to Trump, right? It's that kind of thing. It really is like you are building you're building a building. It's it's a net. It's a web. And and these folks. But what's interesting though is that we do know that Powell did meet um, with Trump. I mean, she went to the White House. We know that. We know there were communications, and we know that she said some cray cray stuff on the record. So you know, it's it chocked full of good stuff that's public facing. Not sure what's behind, but she's going to have to testify, and she's an attorney. In terms of Cheesebro. <laughs> The only thing that caught my attention um, was the fact that he actually uh, pled to a felony. And people may say, okay, well, no jail time. Well, 
The thing is, though, if it, you can't, you get disbarred once you've pled to right. a felony. And so it basically takes away your ability then to make a living, right? Um, unless you're going to write some tell-all book. Who knows? So that was interesting to me. And there purportedly was some comment by his counsel, um, Scott Grubman, to attorney saying, well, well, Donald Trump doesn't have to worry about what... Um, Mr. Mr. Cheesebro is going to say um, about him. It won't really, it's not going to hurt him. Now, was that just him trying to protect his client so Trump doesn't know that Cheesebro sold him out? Or does what Cheesebro have to say not really implicate Trump specifically, right? And because of that, or um, because he doesn't have really the really tasty nuggets that maybe um, District Attorney Willis wanted, you know, the only way to get out of it was to actually plead to a felony, right? You can kind of see he got, he didn't get, I mean, Powell got the better deal out of him. Um, and so the question is, is it because of what they had evidence of in terms of her um, complicity? And so they didn't think it, it rose as high as a felony in terms of the plea? Or did Cheesebro just not have enough good tasty nuggets to give her? So they said, nope, either it's a felony or nothing. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I mean, Powell got a really good deal, right? She's not going to be disbarred. She gets to keep her law license. You know, I mean, if like Chesbro, can he even vote now that he's got this felony plea? I mean, I don't, I mean, I guess it depends on what state he's registered to vote in. But well, we know he comes from Wisconsin, hence Cheesebro. But I'll <laughs> right. leave it there. Yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, the felony is a big deal, right? It, it is fascinating that you've got, you know, the bail bondsman, Sidney Powell, like they had, you know, these big RICO felony things. And now they're like, okay, we're going to plea to a misdemeanor. And that is, I think that's interesting also. So yeah, they, they, Either they've got something really, really good or, I don't know, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's all a transaction, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. You, if you don't have anything to give me, why am I going to give you anything? Right. Mm -hmm. and, and so it's like, come on, come on, kids. And also, look, and this was the biggest thing to me in terms of the pleas, especially for both of them, which is that um, Trump world and his team are not going to get a preview of what Fonnie Willis's case is. That's huge. Um, they're not going to know about that email that they forgot about or it got deleted on Rudy Giuliani's system. So nobody really knows it's there. But, you know, Powell has it or, or, or Cheesebro has it. Right. I mean, that is that's the money. And and so she's able to basically hold her cards, right, um, until, you know, we, we get to the really big show. And that that is a real loss um, for Team Trump. I well, and also, like, as far as Powell not losing her license, who's hiring Sidney Powell as a lawyer at this point? <laughs> well, and girl, you yeah. know how many people like people are cray cray out there. No, but but so that leads to a, another question I have, though, in terms of these pleas, because right, they, these were they wanted a speedy trial. Well, a speedy trial would, I think, present a challenge for their counsel. Um, it's litigation is expensive. You know, Trump doesn't seem to be throwing a lot of money towards these folks' legal defense. I mean, do you think that there's an element of just needing to move on to the next phase for these folks? Maybe. Look, attorneys are expensive, especially good ones. I mean, you know. And thank God for that, Jen. 
thank God for that. But like, I, I don't charge as much as like criminal defense attorneys. Remember, I got quoted an amount for a client I had one time. I almost like threw up a little bit in my mouth. I was like, what? I mean, they get cash money, babies. I'm not talking about a credit card plan. I mean, no layaway, here. no layaway. <laughs> you got a house. Swear to God. Yeah. Swear to God. They will take a security interest in a house. I don't blame it. them, though. You're it's a lot of work, a lot of hours, a lot of time. That's crazy. All right. Well, we're going to have to keep our eye on that, of course, because that's a sexy, tasty nugget right there. Um, and cheesy. How do we eat cheesy. our nuggets, though, ladies? Uh, how are we going to eat these nuggets? <laughs> tasty, with cheese, tasty with nugget. Um, so this weekend, I invited both of you to this big party uh, at Assembly Studios. This is the old GM plant off 285, like near Spaghetti Junction area. And this is a tremendous film and television studio, but it's also going to be like a live-work situation in Doraville. They had an opening gala this weekend that I attended. I was thrilled to be invited. And you looked fantastic. Thank you so oh much. Yes. I appreciate that. I had so much fun. And you know what a ham I am. I got interviewed on the red carpet, um, you know. And the best part was the person was giving me the hook to wrap it up. I just kept on going. Of course, uh, of course I did. So I was there and walking around and I, I, it was the most spectacular party I've ever been to. I think they had Cheryl Crow, Gladys Knight, Dion Warwick, CeeLo, the mayor was there. I mean, this was something else. But you know who else was there, ladies? Hi, Kelly. Who, Mara? Kelly Leffler <laughs> was there. Of course she was. And you know, my every the audience, dear listeners, you know, I really pay attention to Kelly Leffler news. And my friend Ellen was like, Mara, Kelly Leffler. Hi, Kelly. She, 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 no, she just says, hi, Kelly's behind you. She's behind <laughs> you. <laughs> so there she was uh, looking. I mean, she looked great. I had to give it to her. She looked absolutely, she was wearing a beautiful red outfit. And so Dude, if I were a billionaire, I would be so hot, Mara. Oh, oh my God. God. So, I yeah. would be, you would think I was six foot tall. Uh, you wouldn't even know that I was as short as I, Right. So I, of course, took a selfie. Uh, well, no, Ellen took a photo of me with Kelly behind me. Like I was so close to her. I could have gone up to talk to her. But I feel like I'm not going to ruin her night out. Um, so that was interesting. And here's what's even more interesting. So a few minutes later, I see, I see at this party the Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger at the party. Known to his good friends as Raffy. Okay, so. which I also, again, I'm not like looking for movie stars. I'm like, Brad Raffensperger's here. And I, so of course, I text the two of you and Kelly and Brad, who was there with his wife, and they were just like, they were getting down with Gladys Knight. They were having a good time. But so question, question. Did they talk to each other? I don't know. Oh, good question. That is the question that I wanted to sort of ask you guys, because like, now it was a, a giant, giant party. They probably had, I don't know, maybe a thousand people or more. That, definitely more than that. Um, I mean, it was massive. But like, their paths may have crossed and there's some bad blood there. 
Well, if, especially from Raffensperger's wife. I mean, look, it's yeah. like when they're in the middle of death threats and all this awful stuff that's going on, you know, you have Kelly Leffler totally stirring the pot with respect to that. And it's, I, I, if I were, especially Brad's wife, I mean, Brad mm -hmm. seems to me kind of like a, whatever, a politician, right? Maybe he thinks it was fine. I don't know. Um, but if you're, if you're the spouse um, whose life has been put in danger and your children's lives and, and your husband's life, that is really hard to kind of just... Uh, it was weird. Know, it was weird. Yeah, well, and their grandchildren's lives. I mean, you'll remember that when all this was going on and his wife was getting those horrible threats, his... Oh. The Raffensperger's, one of their sons is deceased and his widow and their young grandchildren, somebody tried to break into their house. So crazy. It's so crazy. crazy. It's so crazy. So that was like fascinating to me. Um, but I'll tell you what, the studio, I don't want to take away from like how massive and how, and I saw representative, our friend Shay Roberts there. Um, I think there were some other electeds there. I couldn't. Yes, tell. there were many because yeah. I saw them on my timeline. <laughs> yes, me too. I was invited to this party. To be clear, I was invited. I and am I was secretary not, of the Creative Arts whatever. Committee, but I, we were at, we were in Williamsburg, which was beautiful. And had I known that Gladys Knight would be performing. I might have been like, have fun. Okay, she was great. Let's... She looked oh, amazing. I, she I mean, I mean, I was really impressed at how like, okay, here's what's funny. Dionne Warwick came out and she was wearing this like, like amazing sparkly outfit. And then she had like a windbreaker on. She had like an old lady windbreaker on like the restaurant's too cold windbreaker on. Yeah, over her she glitter. did. I would do <laughs> the same she, thing. Yeah, 100%. If I'm Dionne Warwick, I'm wearing what. Ever I want, whenever I want. Yes, yes. But it was a great, it was a great night. So congratulations to everybody involved. And of course, my dear friend, DJ Von Monet was like the big entertainment there. So that was sexy and exciting. Oh. And all of that's great. <laughs> okay, okay. What are we raving about this week? Terry, let's start with you. Oh God, so much. I'm raving. You know, we had a really... I, I, if you have, you know, a high school or a college reunion to attend, go. It was a lot of fun. I mean, again, I didn't go to William and Mary, but I've heard stories about all these people for, you know, more than 20 years. It was so, you know, I've met a lot of them. Some of them were, you know, in our wedding, but it was just a lot of fun just to go back to like these, you know, just these old college dive bars to go to, you know, we didn't go to the football game. We tailgated, but just to be in this really, Williamsburg is a very neat college town. Um, it is, you know, like half college, half living history, amusement park kind of thing. So it's, is there it's, Steely it's, Dan playing? So that song was played. No. So there's an My alum. That act, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. No, the, you know, William and Mary won't do. Yes. Like the, like William and Mary is like their big moment. Uh, no, but the guy who, I forget his name. He's in a in class of 88 alum, Chip something. He was on that show Nashville several years ago. Ooh. He's a William. And, yeah. He's a William and Mary alum and he performed. So of course he did cover that song, which was great. <laughs> I'm hoping that when we go back for the next one, William and Mary, so, and actually my husband's same fraternity, uh, John Stewart is a William and Mary alum. Patton Oswalt oh. is a William and Mary alum. Glenn Close gave a speech. She's a William and Mary alum. You know, it's, it's the, along with, you know, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and a couple of, you know, James Madison and Tyler, you have also Glenn Close and John Stewart and Patton Oswalt and Chris and Elowitz. So and the women good. always look better, right? 
It was so interesting. Women age really differently. That is, and I, and I differently, so differently. And I kind of theorize that it has, I think that, that the common, like, like, like what sort of is the divide is, did you use tanning beds? That's my theory. (laughs) That's a good one. That's That's my theory. That's good. That's good. All right, Jen, what are you raving about this week? So I'm raving about, um, this Atlanta twall that Katie Kime out of, I guess she's out of Texas. She's a Texan. She, she, I have, I discovered this website and it's this Atlanta twall. And this sounds so, this sounds like something Terry would rave about, but I am raving about it. (laughs) It is a twall. It is so cool. It's got like pictures of the fox and all this stuff. And um, the zoo, magnolias, it's just the coolest thing because it's like all the cool sites of Atlanta. And for my birthday, my best friend from law school, Leslie Lipson, had no idea I was raving about this and brought me um, some pajamas. Aww. Oh, that's fantastic. I know. Is this, look at this cute twirl. Oh, I it's love so it. Cute. I love it. I love it. Look, it's Pont City Market. I oh, know they've cute. got. Yes. So, so cute. Wait, twirl. 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 You know, oh, twall. Mary, you know twirl. So I knew about Katie Kine because I actually wait, had. Twall? What's twirl? So twirl is a kind of um, design that. You've seen this. You like, know, it has this, this is how, like, I don't know this. I don't know this. Oh, my God. It's like usually th- there can be hunt scenes. They can be colonial. They can do all this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, like very French. You're right. There's colonial stuff. It's funny. My son had, I got him years ago, <laughs> twall cute. sheets for that word. It was like a Star Wars twall from Pottery Oh, Market. my God. That is so Yes. Cute. No, but I do actually have, Katie, I have the, they have a New Orleans twall and I have the New Orleans twall note cards and I had a New Orleans twall <laughs> iPhone case with my last twall. IPhone. Twall. I just well, never twall at my wedding, but it wasn't Atlanta twall. It was anyway. I, I can't so I'm believe a big twall lover. I know it's a oh, very yeah. it's it's definitely granny core. I have to say. Uh, okay, granny core because yes. we talked about that. Um, the three of us went to dinner with our husbands and we talked about granny core. But we're gonna have to and 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 actually it fits into my rave of the of the week, which is. I spent the entire weekend because I was so exhausted from that party. I watched The Gilded Age because there's a new season coming out. Oh, a new mm. season. Yeah. Yes. It's coming out um, the week, over the weekend. And so I'm normally not into period pieces. It's just not my jam. I didn't watch Downton Abbey. I'm like, I'm just, I'm, I'm not into it. But I just tried it. And I was obsessed with it all weekend. And I think the main character, George, looks like John Ossoff. I think it, uh, I think he totally looks like John Ossoff. I can see it. Yes. I can see it with a beard. Um, and I was so super into it. So if you haven't watched it, I, I love like people in the 1890s just totally backstabbing each other and the clothes. And I was fast. And of course, you know, you're getting old when you're like, how do they go to the bathroom is someone there with them taking off all the corsets like what did they do I, I like I had a lot of like internal questions about how they lived through the 1890s not well not well right a lot of people died really early yeah well, and, and they did have breathing issues because of the corsets they did well yeah yeah that was a thing and 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 I noticed in the show in that time where at least the rich people all they do is eat and uh Sleep. get dressed mm-hmm. yeah that's it oh yeah they dress up for breakfast <laughs> then they go take a nap and then they dress up for lunch then maybe they take a ride somewhere yeah they well they would go calling you'd have your calling cards so did y'all ever have 
and I think I already know what the answer to this is. <laughs> the um, Victorian lady paper dolls back in the day. No. Okay. No. Well, maybe I did. Maybe I had the Victorian lady paper dolls back in the day, but they, but they had but like my no- first cousin Andy used to draw them. <gasps> oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Your family's so amazing and famous. Yeah. <laughs> So like they, yeah, these were amazing, but they had like the morning suit, the evenings. I was like, I want to have like a reason to have all of the different outfits. Like right now, like I do change clothes from morning to day, but it's like, okay, I'm going to change out of my pajamas into the dog walk leggings. And then maybe I'll change into real pants so I can like meet with people in public. And that's not what the Victorian lady paper dolls led me to expect my life would be like. It's just, it's just, I don't know. It's so, so fascinating. Well, anyway, ladies, this has been uh, real. We, and next week um, I will update you on the Michelin star awards, which I am a part of and is a big deal. We can talk about the Michelin awards. Well, I will be able to, uh, I will be. We can lead it. We can uh, give our own assessment. That's right. Okay. So we will do that next week. Uh, Make sure and send us your feedback. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts because it really helps other people find the Vote Her podcast. And if you have any questions for Jen and Terry, you know what? Just send them to me, Mara at MaraDavis.com because I know they'll be, you know, I know I'll, I'll press for an answer. Thank you, ladies. We will see you next time. <laughs>